I kind of had a choice at that point, not just being patient with the process, but being grateful with the process. And I'm like, mm, man, I went to my dad straight after the game. I'm like, yo, like this shit can't happen anymore, man. I always find the, always try to take the good out of any negative situation. You know, I have players coming in, Xavier, and they'd be like, um, you know, I played so bad. You know, sometimes I'd, I'd be like, hey, bro, hey, I don't know, we, we can't do nothing about that. I can tell you what we can do, we can get some work in right now. Like, if you're not doing plyometrics, you're losing out on a lot of potential for performance. Um, my dad had these tapes of the Laker games. Got to a point where I, I said, you know, I want to play basketball. And I just always wanted to make sure I had the edge over people. It became a part of me, you know, I, I didn't want anybody to get to be better than me. Welcome back to another episode of the Basketball and Barbells podcast. Today, we actually have a different different guest on. A lot of strength coaches have been on in the past, but today I wanted to uh, get a new perspective and a new guest. Today, we have Kiana De Los Santos, who is currently the Director of Operations uh, for Women's Basketball at St. Mary's University. Uh, Kiana actually began her career as a player development coach for the Warriors, while also operating as social media coordinator. And also was a four-year player at the Utah Valley University playing for women's basketball. Um, the reason why I wanted to get you on today, Kiana, was just to talk a little bit more about, yes, your playing experience, but also kind of how you parlayed that into, you know, your career now. So, uh, Kiana, I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk about my journey and, you know, get to know you and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it was... It was four years at Utah Valley, right? Yes, Utah Valley. Four years in Utah. <laughs> what What was that like? So you you just told me like you're from the Bay, kind of being in the California, then having to move out to Utah. What was that? Was that kind of like culture shock almost? Because I'm from Florida for 20 years and I moved out here and it was different for me. So what was that kind of experience like? Um, yeah, we just talked about like having seasons. There's also seasons in Utah, but I think like the seasons and the, the culture shock as well. So there's a lot of snow, I'm not used to the snow here in California. So I think that was the major thing. Um, but it was helpful that my school is like an inside school. So I didn't really have to step outside. And then, um, you know, the culture shock, it's a lot of Mormon, Mormonism over there. So, I mean, it's great to learn about other religious um, aspects there. I'm Catholic. So, I mean, it's just different um, seeing a new perspective and meeting new people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the, that was kind of one of the most important things for me was to kind of leave Florida because I've been there. Let's see, I'm 28. So I was in Florida for like 20 years going on. Mm -hmm. And I just being able to be exposed to different parts of the world, especially California, it's I mean, especially in the Bay, you know, it's just like a melting pot. It's a different mix of people in different areas. So um, I agree with what you said, right? Like it's it's that exposure, like kind of makes you realize like how big the world is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just different meeting new people. And then again, like having basketball um, also helped as well being there. So Utah is beautiful. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I think um, I think I drove through like a, I think it was Salt Lake City and it was. I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of driving through the mountains, but I mean, it was so beautiful when the sun actually came up and you actually see yeah. kind of like the the sunrise over the mountains. Like I was like, you know, if I wasn't trying to get to California, like I would actually probably stay here for a little bit. Yeah. So the mountains are beautiful. Like in the summer, you like actually can hike those mountains. So, I mean, it's, it's a long hike, but I mean, it's beautiful and watching the sunrise there and it's a different type of hike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, there's being in California is the first time I ever hiked in my life because Florida is like pretty much flat or like a sink bowl. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like when I first drove out here and I saw like mountains and hills, I was like, oh, okay, like, let me go hiking. And yeah. I don't even know where I was. I got halfway up to wherever we were going. I was just like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> just <laughs> a change it, of scenery. That was great. Got you. Uh, but yeah, no, I'd love to definitely dive in a little bit more. So kind of start off, I definitely want to talk about, you know, kind of like your basketball journey. So for me, I'm from a football state. Um, so a lot of it was football. You played basketball just to stay in shape for football. Um, but here in the Bay, like it's actually one, you have Stanford women's basketball is probably like top tier yeah. in my opinion out here. <laughs> um, but you being kind of grown up in the Bay and being so involved in the community of basketball, you know, what was that first exposure like when you got into the game and how do you feel like your years leading up to, to college helped shape you? Yeah, so my basketball career actually started super early. So my dad used to play, of course, for fun and leisure um, when he was as an adult. So I started super young, six or seven, I'd say, um, with my siblings. And just from there, like, once I found out, like, I was pretty good, like, as a kid, I was pretty good. That's when, like, my basketball career started. Like, I I can't even remember the last time I had a free summer um, just because basketball was, like, literally my life. Um, so I was traveling, playing for a competitive team. Um, so a lot of girls that are still in college, I played against them. So it's pretty cool. And seeing my friends now, um, some of them on the WNBA, just being able to have that and meeting new friends. I think that was the main thing I got out of basketball. Um, but yeah, basketball started it all. Um, and that's why I'm here today at St. Mary's, um, just because I have a whole basketball background. So I think just how the levels of basketball that I've played has definitely prepared me in college. So, I mean, I played for travel teams, my basketball team. I went to Miramani here in Arinda. Um, I played with Sabrina Ionescu, who plays for the Liberty now, one of my best friends, um, being able to play for her. Um, and then just other girls on that team also went D1. So I think just being able to be around people um, having the same goal, I think helped a lot. Um, and then just being physically prepared and mentally prepared in the college aspect was um, a different thing to tackle, but I'd say um, also prepared me for life and life lessons. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think, yeah, basketball is definitely more than just the X and X's and O's. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because even with basketball, it's, you know, especially high school and, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to play in college, but I, I can only imagine, you know, for me, like I've met some of my best friends just through basketball. And like you even said, like, you've met some of your closest friends through the game of basketball. So like it is, yeah, it is, you know, a game, it's a sport, but at the same time, it's, I mean, it's a lifestyle. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's like a glue that brings people together, at least, you know, in my world and especially what's going on in the NBA and globally, you know, we're kind of bringing the world together, making it smaller. Yeah. So, I mean, the community is amazing. Women in sports, I think that's the main thing that's important to me. And just seeing how people, you know, are elevating their roles using their platforms. Um, so that's mm-hmm. a huge thing, I think, especially now. Um, women in sports, equality and things like that is something mm-hmm. that's prevalent. And then, I mean, it's going to take over sports, I think. <laughs> yeah. And even kind of talking about um, kind of like the journey. So, like, you realize, like, early on that you were like, oh, basketball is kind of my thing. Like, was there was there ever a moment or a time kind of, you know, in your high school years before you got to college where, you know, there was that adversity? Or was there kind of like, like you said, that moment where maybe things didn't go the way you anticipated and so now you have to climb over that hurdle? Like, was there ever a moment or a time period throughout the high school years before college where you kind of had to say, 
okay, damn, how much do I really love this game, this get this basketball game? Yeah, so I think um, that's a great question. So I think for me, um, it was probably my um, couple, probably first couple of weeks of senior year. Um, of course, like if you kind of know the realm of basketball and like travel basketball, people start to sign um, their letter of intent to go to college um, in that summer. Um, but for me, like I didn't have a school yet. So, I mean, a lot of kids that are at the higher level have a lot of offers, but me like on the lower end, um, I didn't have any offers yet. Um, so I had the opportunity to play fall ball and I, that's when I really wanted to kind of really test myself and see if basketball was, you know, fun for me still. And then if I wanted to, you know, work even harder to get a scholarship. So um, it was tough, I think, at that point where like I was at a turning point if I still wanted to play or just wanted to focus on school. Um, of course, I chose basketball. Um, so I think just putting in the extra work um, and doing things on my off time really set me apart um, to where, you know, I eventually started playing fall ball and got scouts to come and watch me. And then that's when, you know, a couple offers um, kind of started to come in. But I think just, you know, having some a dream, you know, playing at the higher level and then not having it um, and not in the grasp of it um, at your fingertips. I think that was like a really tough time for me just because. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to play basketball anymore after high school since I didn't have a scholarship yet. Um, so, I mean, I think that's one of the hurdles that I had to face during my basketball career. Um, you know, not being the best player anymore and not having all those offers like some of my friends did. Yeah. And it's it's kind of essentially like, I don't know, I, I talk about, well, we're kind of the same generation, but I always say like now um we kind of live in this microwave generation i think a lot with social media because now we have access to mm -hmm. people things resources like literally like you said at our fingertips so kind of being in that position where it's like senior year and you're like you're kind of waiting on that offer um mm -hmm. you know like you said like you kind of had to okay cool let me continue to do what i do continue to show up because it's easy to to kind of i guess fold and throw in the towel but even then you're like, no, nah, just keep showing up and things will happen. And then it was kind of like an avalanche. Like I think you, you kind of put, you know, once you get that one offer, then another one kind of came and, you know, now you had options, but initially going into senior years, like you said, if you didn't have that in your hand. You're kind of like, do I want to do this? Exactly. No, I mean, that's when, I mean, that's the, I think the first adversity, a lot of people were to choose if they want to play at the next level, just having to actually work for a scholarship because nothing's given or handed out. Um, mm -hmm. You got to put in the work. I think that's the main thing. Um, at least with this generation now, it's just not social media and making yourself look good, but it's also, you know, actually playing and, yeah. you know, being consistent with that. Yeah. And I think even, even again, like you kind of mentioned it too, it's like, when I was when I was playing, like social media was there. I don't think it, it wasn't as big, like you know, as it yeah, is now. But back then, it was like, yeah, you actually had to to actually play. And then, you know, I think now the focus, at least, kind of like what I've seen from like kind of AU and like some of the more viral clips, it's mm -hmm. show show time. You know, mm -hmm. like nine dribble combos, and it's like, come on, man, like let's let's get you know your one two combo, whatever you yeah. need to do, get to the basket, and get do what you need to do. But you know, I think. Yeah, things, you know, game is changing. Like, players are hyper-skilled at this point. Mm -hmm. But I think, like you said, at the end of the day, you have to go out, you have to show up, put the work in. Sometimes that doesn't need to be on social media. You don't really have to post that you're in the gym. It's just get in the gym, do what you need to do, and show up. Even if you don't have that offer in your hand, it doesn't mean it's not going to be there someday. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just one of the um, hurdles I had had to face, I think, with basketball. Because kind of leading into that, 
you know, mm. I mean, I was good for my high school team and I got a scholarship and then like transitioning um, to college where there's girls, you know, 20, 22, stronger, faster. So that's another thing, just having to stay on that same level. And then um, the reality of, you know, sitting the bench, being a cheerleader for your team and waiting till your number was called. So I think that's another mm. aspect I probably had to face, um, which again, I had to decide, did I want to, you know, quit basketball and just focus on school or, you know, show up every day, put in the work and, you know, still wait my turn and, but just mm -hmm. be ready for when my number was called. So I think, of course, I took that road and mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, I probably didn't play as many games, but I mean, I met a lot of friends. I got to live in a different state and, you know, I learned life lessons. I was still a captain, you know, I was a captain, didn't play, but still I had a role in my team and that's the role I took and I went with it. Yeah. And, that, and that's one great segue, but two, it's, it's like you kind of mentioned too. Um, you know, I always tell people like, Hey, go, go where you're needed. And regardless of whatever your role is, whether it is, like you said, maybe you are a captain and maybe you're, it's more from the leadership standpoint and maybe you're not playing as much or if you're on the floor 40 minutes a night, you know, we all have roles to play. And like you said, you know, for years, it was still being a captain, right? So people are still looking at you for leadership and for guidance, um, but maybe it's just in a different way where your role is needed, you know, and then being able to, one, still sit, sit within your role, but also to like, you know, being ex excellent at whatever role that is. Like you yeah. said, being patient and saying, if I need to go in for five minutes spurts, okay, let me do that. If I need to sit this game in order to help us win and make sure I keep everyone level-headed, whatever that is, like you said, like you were you were prepared to do any and anything to win. And like you said, like basketball is, and sports in general, especially, can really, you know, change your perspective on what is actually important. Like, is it scoring 30 points a game? Cool. But if you lose by 30, does that really actually matter? Um so like, when did you feel that mental shift, I guess, for you personally, where you kind of had to come into college? And I know, like you said, day one, you're like, all of a sudden you went from best player to, oh, I'm, I'm one, of the, one of the 12. <laughs> exactly. So what was that mental shift where you were like, I'm going to, you know, be excellent at my role, excel at what I do, even if that isn't what I was used to in the past? Yeah, so I think um, it's kind of weird because like when I came in as a freshman, that was like the most I've ever played as a freshman in college, just because there's so many kids hurt. So of course I had to play. Mm -hmm. um, but and then, um, of course, when people got healthy again, like I think that was my sophomore year. That's when like, uh oh, this is like where I actually have to put in the work, not saying I didn't do the work, mm -hmm. but it's of course like they're older and the upperclassmen, so they have had the years to play. Um, but I think probably my sophomore year, like right when season started I had the reality check of okay you're not going to play as many minutes as you did freshman year because you know there's more depth on the team now um so just I think that was kind of the time where I had to kind of figure out like okay if I'm going to be the sixth man or play two minutes then I'm going to give my all in two minutes and you know be more on the positive side than the negative side so just you know boxing out getting rebounds the little things to you know earn more playing time um but after we had um, a coach switch I think that was another thing that um, our team had to tackle as a whole but me as well because he didn't know me he didn't recruit me um, so just you know continue to show up every day doing the work um, but I mean he honestly was straight up with me and telling me that I mean, if I can't make shots I'm not gonna play so it was definitely up and down just I think having to stay mentally tough through that whole thing um, was 
kind of the thing that I had to do, but it was tough. You know, you can't just be mentally tough with a finger of a snap. So I think a mental health coach helped me along the way. Um, and then just being able to communicate, you know, mature, um, it's a business. You got to be able to talk and, you know, they're going to tell you straight up. And then if you choose to take it with a grain of salt and continue to keep working, I think that's um, where you can kind of set yourself apart and, you know, not take no for answer, still work, but consider that role. So, I mean, I was given the mm -hmm. captain role, um, but, you know, who's going to listen to a captain that isn't playing. So I had to earn that, right. Still show up every day, be on time, just the little things I think mm -hmm. would add up to, you know, me gaining that respect from my teammates, even if I wasn't playing. Yeah. And you, man, there was a lot of gold in that. I'm trying to figure out where to start. I kind of want to back <laughs> Sorry, it up a little. A lot of talking. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was great. I think um, I definitely want to start with where you said, you know, the mental coach. So I talk, I've talked to a handful of uh, mental performance, mental coaches, uh, whatever have you on the podcast. And, you know, it's one of those things I think it's almost like a, I don't say it's a stigma where if you have someone that is essentially working with you, not even to say mental health overall, but just, you know, if that is involved in the mental health space or mental performance space, anything that has to do with mental, it's almost like for an athlete perspective, it's like, oh, I'm not touching that, you know, because I don't, for whatever reason, it's looked at as, oh, like this weakness. <clears throat> But for you to say, you know, that was part of the reason why you were actually able to help build that mental toughness over time. And, you know, it was just another another resource for you at the time when you did initially get that, that opportunity to work with that coach. Was it I guess what were your thoughts kind of leading into that? Was it like, oh, man, this is this is weird. It's different. Like, what was that experience like working with that mental coach when you first started working with them? Yeah, I'd definitely say it was kind of weird, just, you know, like he didn't really know me um, as a person and just um, a very close off person. So I wouldn't be able to, you know, just express how I feel. So I think him just, you know, taking the time to kind of get to know me and like break that shell um, of like what was happening and why I was, you know, mentally weak at the time. Um, but I think just being consistent with that and kind of, you know, opening up every single time we've met helped along the way because it was not even him not helping me with, you know, just my mental, but like, if I was in a shooting slump um, with other personal things that was happening in my life. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I think overall, like just how the basketball aspect mentally, it, I mean, it can also affect your personal life too. So I think that's mm -hmm. where like a mental coach helped a lot in college, um, just being readily available whenever you needed it. Yeah. And that's one thing that it's funny because I'm, I want to say I'm, I'm demystifying it, but I think part of that, when I, when I started speaking with these coaches, I realized that even when I was a player and you kind of mentioned it, we're, we were in situations where oh, if I had a bad game, I'm thinking about it for the next few days or at least for the next yeah. game or a bad practice. Like it's, it's on my mind or whatever the case is coaches yelling at you in, um, in the, the video room, right. When you're watching film. So it's like, mm -hmm. I don't think we realize that it's not a, I don't say that not a silo, right. But we can't just say, Oh, that's just basketball. You know, obviously you want to keep them separate, whatever the case, whatever have you. But I think being able to, like you said, have that, that toughness, that resilience, that, hey, like I made a mistake, I had a bad game, whatever have you, but that doesn't mean the next game has to be, it doesn't mean tomorrow has to be, you know, like it's just another opportunity for me to turn it around or to, you know, to be the player, person that I know I am. And so that, mm -hmm. that was something I didn't really develop until later on. I've talked to like all these other coaches, but for you to, to one, take advantage of that, I'm not sure how often the coach uh, in your space was actually working with other players, but to be able to take advantage of that in college, when you're around 20, 21, 22, like that's, no, that's, that's definitely different, you know? So mm -hmm. looking back, you know, what do you feel like it can be maybe one or two things you feel like 
were the most important lessons you kind of took from working with that coach that you feel like either works in your everyday life or that you just kind of held on to? Yes, I mean, I definitely still hold on to it. Um, I still talk to him to this day, but I think um, just choosing to be positive. Um, of course, we're going to, if you have something that's, you know, making you have a bad day, I think you can choose to change that. You don't have to stay in it. So I think that's the main thing, like choosing to stay positive, even when things get hard. Um, and then, I mean, for me, I had little triggers, like, especially on the court, like if I ever had a turnover, I would always say next play. So I think literature triggers mm -hmm. to where that I know like helped me like, okay, I'm in, I'm in something's happening and I'm getting negative or, you know, not helping my team. I would definitely have that next play trigger to help me. I'd say it in my head and then, mm -hmm. I mean, I'd have a switch, right? So I think that's something that I kind of used. I mean, I wrote it on my shoe. Um, just thinking that next play in the basketball, um, you know, when I was on the court, but I think just overall, you know, just choosing to be positive. So I think I'm a pretty, pretty positive person. Um, but I mean, it took, it took a lot of steps just, you know, to try and be positive and be mentally tough um, yeah. in those times. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, you even said like, uh, you have that phrase and I, I forgot, I don't even remember who I heard it from. I'm sorry if you're listening. I, I can't remember who said it, but that was one of the things that, that I had as well. It's just later on in life, but just having that, that phrase or whatever have you that can bring you back to all right, now I'm starting to focus on these other things. Like if I'm in a presentation that I'm doing and mm -hmm. I mean, I hate speaking in crowds. I don't, I don't even know too many people that love speaking in front of crowds, but if I'm speaking in front of a crowd and I kind of feel like, oh, I'm starting to kind of get outside of what I'm doing, then having that, you say in your head or whatever you need to do to bring yourself back in that moment, to focus on that moment, you know, and for yeah. you, it was, you're right. It was the phrase next play. So it's funny because like, as you kind of like, you're kind of talking through your experience, I'm like, damn I wish I had that when I was playing and but. even just like taking a deep breath I think like helps a lot like just really taking it in and like blowing it out and then you know you're kind of revived after that breath and then you mm -hmm. know just choosing to be positive yeah yeah absolutely and um where I, where I want to take it next too is just kind of like you're you're kind of touched on a little bit but after college right and this mm -hmm. is this is something that I wish more people talked about. Uh, and it's actually a, a good reason why I felt like, okay, I think, I think you'd be a great guest on the podcast was that life after playing essentially, right? And that's, we all experience as athletes, whether it's after high school, maybe it's after college or pros, like there is at least from my experience, that period where you're kind of, okay, I'm not playing anymore. I'm doing something very different. Mm -hmm. maybe that I didn't see happening this soon or in this way so as you were kind of wrapping up the your basketball career and now you're like okay cool I'm going into the workforce like was there I guess during that time period moments where you were like I want to play the next level um, and then maybe even having those thoughts of okay now I have to get into my career whatever I'm doing what does this look like those kind of moments where you're kind of almost like oh damn like reality yeah. is hitting uh can you kind of take me through that period when you're wrapping it up and then kind of transitioning into that career yeah so honestly I was in the middle of exactly what you just said like if I wanted to play at the next level and if I just wanted to you know go into my career um but you know I graduated during COVID so COVID kind of made the decision for me um mm -hmm. so I had originally planned um playing in the Philippines overseas like right after graduating but you know like our season ended and we'd even play or our conference you know tournament 
um, in Vegas. Mm. So like it stopped right when COVID had hit. We went back home from Vegas and school was online. Um, mm. After I graduated, I didn't even walk the stage. I went home um, and that's where I kind of had to like, you know, what am I going to do now? Like basketball, like everyone stopped. No one was playing basketball. There was no gyms, nothing like that. Um, so, I mean, I had an internship during, you know, the last couple months of graduating, which of course went to remote. So um, I it was being a digital media assistant for our athletics department. So, I mean, I kind of had um, an interest in marketing already because that's what I got my degree in. Um, and I'm glad that I kind of knew there was um, another way to work in sports other than just playing. Um, so that inter internship definitely helped me, gave me a different perspective. Um, you know, being on the sidelines, but still working in sports. So um, I kind of already knew, like, if I basketball wasn't going to work out in the Philippines, then I was going to work in sports. And that was either in social media, marketing, public relations. Um, so that was kind of the, my goal after graduating since I couldn't play. Um, but of course, during COVID, no one was hiring. Um, mm. So I think the, that, like, couple months, in co like, literally during COVID and quarantine, then that's when I like really was struggling to find a job at the time with my degree, especially with little, um, you know, accolades on my resume. Um, so that was me trying to figure it out. And then I had an opportunity with someone that, you know, I kind of reached out to um, where she was working within the NFL, had a marketing agency, um, you know, gave me an internship there. And that's when I kind of got to learn in the space um, for more, of course, of how the NFL worked, how clients um, use marketing agencies and, you know, how they need help with their social media, their scheduling, um, sponsorships, things like that. So that was the first taste of me working in sports remote. So I didn't get the hands-on experience that I needed. Um, but I mean, I was in that job for like a year and a half and I got to you know, eventually start traveling. And then that's when I got to meet, you know, clients like Stefan Gilmore, who's now on the Colts, Michael Purcell, who's on the Broncos. So just people like that. Um, I, I got to know them, work with them closely, run their social media. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's a lot of back end stuff that people don't know that's happening in sports um, that I got a taste of. And then that's, of course, how my career kind of started from there. Um, but it was definitely hard to kind of, you know, make that transi transition from college just because, you know, the pandemic didn't help. And then um, I just have to had to choose. I couldn't play anymore. So how else can I use what I got from college, my degree, and apply it within sports and making a job for it myself? Yeah. And that's, well, one, I can't imagine graduating in COVID. Like, that's, like. <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> I, like, even kind of looking at, like, some of the stuff that was going on, I'm just like, I'm like, damn, I'm glad I, I graduated, you know, a little bit earlier. But, yeah. you know, even just kind of like you mentioned, it was almost like like COVID made the decision for you. Like, OK, cool. Like now you're, you're kind of being pushed into this direction. Um, but even then, like you said, you were able to leverage and get an opportunity with sports. So it was, I will say it is different. And I know like you kind of you felt it, too. It's like, OK, now I'm working with the NFL, which still one, it's amazing. Um but it's just like you said, like you kind of had that period where you're kind of like almost, I don't want to say one foot in, one foot out, but you're trying to figure it out. Um, but once you got into sports and, you know, you, you got some experience, you were actually able to to get in with the home team, the Warriors, which yes. is not a, not a pretty bad team to work for. So what was <laughs> it like getting in and becoming part of uh, the Warriors organization, which became a championship team again, 
last mm-hmm. season. Um, you know, what was that, you know, during that that phase of your life when you were with them, what was that looking like as far as like, you know, just kind of like, oh wow, this is back in basketball. Now you're working for the mm-hmm. home team warriors. Like talk to me through that period, you know, when you first got the opportunity to, you know, when you're kind of in the middle of everything. Yeah. So I think for me, like the overall theme in my life, just how I got into sports is just the connections I've built over time. Um, so for me, like I was working within the NFL, but of course I still wanted to be about basketball. So, I mean, I was interested in just volunteering. So I knew um, as a kid, I play, I did the Warriors camps um, and things like that. I knew people that were camp coaches. So, I mean, I was just interested in that at first, honestly, just, you know, showing up every summer and being a camp coach, getting to teach kids of the younger generation, just because I mean, I didn't have people teaching me like how camp coaches take the time to do that. So just giving back my time, I think, because, you know, the game has given so much to me. So just being able to give back, I think, um, is one of the things I hold strong to my heart, just giving back. So that's how it started. Right? I reached out to someone just, you know, wanting to give my time. And I mean, that transition to me being um, an actual coach and player development coach for the youth side. So um, with the Warriors specifically, they have different branches. So there's a youth side. So um, they have a Warriors basketball academy, they'd say. So the Warriors are at Chase now. They had their old, old practice facility in Oakland. So that's where I was working. And it was mainly from like youth to college kids that come in and get work done with personal trainers. Um, we have a shoot through 60, we call it, to where you know, there's shooting cages, skill machines that they can use come in, um, basically like a membership gym, but with basketball. So that's basically how um, I kind of started working with the Warriors and being a development coach there. So um, I think just with that, it kind of spiraled into, you know, adding um, the value that I had. Like I knew I had a background in marketing and they didn't have much marketing there, especially with social media. So, I mean, um, I had a niche for that and I just decided to kind of you know, do both. So that's how I had an elevated role with the Warriors. So I was a player development coach for the youth. Um, of course, there's Zaza that comes in, Clay, James Wiseman that comes in at the time using our facility. So I mean, being able to rebound for them or just being in their presence, I think, um, just gives a different whole perspective. You know, you're not only working at a place where the champions are made but also seeing the champions you know come in and get that work and I think that's another level of motivation for those kids coming in Mm -hmm. um so I mean that's how basically I started just you know being open to volunteer my time with the Warriors and then being open to me you know using my background of basketball and applying it and helping kids of the younger generation yeah I'm sure when Clay came in he probably didn't miss so you're probably just underneath the net right (laughs) that's the best person to rebound for just be able to you know cure water (laughs) and it's it's, even like you said um with the pros coming in like the fact that they're coming in and you know they're being around these these youngsters this youth and it's like Clay walking in and then like you said even like James Wiseman and you know players that essentially these players are these kids are looking up to and they're around them and even if they don't do much and they just kind of, you know, show face for a few minutes, it's the, their presence. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes a long way. Like I've always heard great things about the organization. I've never, I know one person that actually works in there. Um, he's there. He's actually their strength coach. Shout out to Andre listening to this, but he's, <laughs> um, you know, just a quality per human being. And so everyone that comes out of that organization is always high character. Um was that kind of like the experience that you had kind of being in the organization, not even just around some of the, the players, but also just 
day-to-day people operations that you're working with just yeah i definitely people. say i mean it's a championship culture so i mean it's a team and it's a family uh everyone's showing up you know giving where their value is needed and i think just being open to whatever that was needed that's kind of how it ran so i know like we weren't working at chase but you know we're still affiliated with them um so i think just being able to have that connection there even if we're with the youth side but just them being open to you know okay how can we help how can we help um, by, you know, bringing the players there and what else would they need. Um, so I think just kind of having that cross-function relationship with people that worked at Chase Center, you know, everyone's still under the Golden State Warriors, but just, you know, working at Chase Center opposed mm-hmm. to also us working at the Academy. I think we worked well together. I mean, that's how the championship culture is built. So, I mean, it's not just the players yeah. winning the championship, but there's more, again, that comes into it. The back-end stuff that people don't see every day. Um, I mean, there's a lot to what people see right yeah yeah and the behind the scenes like it's it's a 48 minute game right mm-hmm. but there's a lot more that goes into those days like exactly. even even down to the line cooks preparing the food for the players for the game and even said like working with the academy like there's a lot that goes into it that people don't see but i think it's really easy for anyone mm-hmm. to kind of sit there and say oh yeah just the players the players players but for you to kind of be in that organization being around high quality people, high character people. And then also just, like you said, like leveraging your value. Like, hey, I know the social media stuff, you guys, I can see there's a gap to fill. Can I fill that gap? And they're like, yes, absolutely. Like <laughs> They love people that can do multiple things with, uh, in their role. So um, around that time, or maybe even earlier or later, I know, um, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw that you were actually with uh, UPB. Was that mm-hmm. around the same time you were working with UPB? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I was working for the Warriors for a long time, and then, of course, um, I started working at UPB, um, Unlimited Basketball Potential. Shout out Packy, um, but Packy, he's an NBA skills trainer. He trains Jordan Poole, um, so, again, connections. Um, so, I was working at Sabrina Unowski camp. Like I mentioned, she's one of my best friends, so she had a camp down in Eugene, and Packy was running her camp because Packy trains Sabrina as well. Um, I mean, and that's when kind of Packy and I started to build a relationship and he kind of knew what I do or did already and just um, kind of offered me the same position because, I mean, it's not really the same um, mm-hmm. with the wars and what they do. So everyone, they have a different um, kind of goal and what they're trying to keep in mind. But I mean, it's still a basketball trainer. Um, so, I mean, that opportunity presented myself. But I think for me and working with Packy, I had a different goal. Um, of course, I want to be a personal trainer there. Um, and give back my time coaching kids but my main focus when I was working there was little girls and girls that I wanted to play at the higher level so again woman empowerment is something that I take pride in just because I mean I didn't have anyone to look up to or to mentor me seeing girls like me um, I was watching Dwayne Wade um, Steph Curry growing up so I was just seeing Mm -hmm. you know being that person for them to look up to and kind of have a goal like oh coach Key played um, in college I could do that same thing right so yeah. Working at UPB um, and kind of letting Packy and the staff know that that was my goal. Um, we worked well together. Women empowerment is something that he took pride in as well. He had a lot of girls coming in. So just giving my time back there and, you know, holding free camps for girls, I think um, was super beneficial. Just, you know, seeing Haley Jones come in, um, you know, playing at Stanford. So um, just, you know, another level of encouragement, just like the Warriors, but in a different way. Um, so working with UPB, I think, um, I had a different goal, accomplished it. 
um, and just seeing more girls come in, just, you know, being more motivated to train with just girls and having a woman trainer um, helps a lot. And it's just a different feel, feeling more comfortable, right? Um, so working with UPB is also like a dream because I always dreamed of working with Packy. So just working alongside him, like he's amazing. Just knock, just knocking off these check marks, working with Packy, <laughs> working with the Warriors, hometown, you know, like playing college basketball. So what I want everyone to get from this is that, yes, bio means like we have the dreams. That doesn't mean if they come at a later date, you know, that they're not as real as they were when you first dreamed them. But uh, yeah, yeah Packy, Packy's a solid guy. I've met, I've met him once or twice um, and open door policy almost, you know, I don't really? want to say that to anyone just walk up, but you know, I reached out to him, just said, hey, look, I would love to talk to you, meet with you. And he's a busy guy, but he was like, hey, look, come on this specific Very. day at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked for like hours and I asked him as many <laughs> questions as I possibly could. And he was just very, very open with everything and candid. So um, I think even what you're kind of mentioning too is the fact that he's bringing in not only NBA, but also WNBA high level. I mean, come on, Stanford basketball, mm-hmm. uh, working with Sabrina, but then not mm-hmm. just coming in and just saying, these are all my players bringing in other trainers who are women to saying, hey, look, like you said, there is a, a need for, you know, representation. Um, if we're working in women's sports, like we should have women who are leading these women, you know, or these young girls. Exactly. So for getting that opportunity, even with the WNBA. So there was, I don't want to say a specific team, but there was a team that I was interviewing with, uh, with the WNBA for a strength coach role. And they brought in um, a woman, a woman's strength coach who by all means, like, dope at what she does. She worked with the Broncos. She's amazing. Um, but it, when that hire came, it made sense. I was like, yeah, WNBA makes sense. Have a woman's strength coach. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's yeah. it's normal now, as it should be. Um, and so for you to get the opportunity, like you said, Packy, understanding it and saying, hey, look, like, I can, but it, it's going to mean way more if Coach Key is teaching them, is, is training them. Yeah. If Kelly Jones comes in, Sabrina, you know, because – like you said, they're looking at you all and saying, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. So, yeah, I, I put like a little article or something. I was like, oh, she worked at UPB. I got to ask about that. So uh, that's yeah. why I appreciate you, that that context. Yeah, I mean, working for Warriors and UPB was, I think, is amazing. I got two different experiences, um, but with the same goal, of course, just giving back to the general, you know, generation now um, because I had that. So. But yeah, I think working for them is amazing. And I still have those genuine relationships that I've built. And of course mm-hmm. will help me either way, wherever I go. Yeah. And this is, I, and let's keep this in mind too. Like you graduated during COVID, right. And then working for the Warriors, UPB, you know, like, I mean, pretty much whatever you want to do. I mean, you've got a lot of time and you've done it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I think just like just touching on that, like, of mm-hmm. course it wasn't given to me. I'd still have yeah. to do those things that everyone would do, but I just think over time, it's important to build just genuine relationships then to where when things pop up, you're the person that they think of. So, I mean, it's a business. You have to have, of course, um, the skills to do so, but I think just having those connections and making them actually genuine instead of this, oh, I'm going to build this connection to Mm. get them help me work in, you know, the NBA, WNBA, things like that. Like, it doesn't really work like that and people kind of sense when it's um, disingenuous. So I think if anyone were to take anything out of this podcast is just to make genuine connections. I mean, that'll only take you far in life and just how you hold yourself at that high level standard. Then, I mean, people will see that. Yeah. Half the, I forgot where I, I, I heard this, but half the battle is somebody liking you. So 
if you can, yeah. like you said, build genuine connections and not just network for the sake of networking. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, people, especially that have been in the industry a long time, the space, especially sports, they can tell, okay, this person wants this. But like you said, if it was genuine, and when that when that time comes, they're gonna call you, right? Exactly. Um, so amazing point. Now, to uh, get to where we are now, St. Mary's, right now, you came in working as a, the director of operations. Uh, take me through a little bit more of your, I guess, like a day in the life, right? Mm -hmm. Of maybe some of the things that you have to kind of take take responsibility for, and um, you know, just kind of like you know, right now where you are uh, with this new role. Yeah, so it's definitely um, different from what I was used to, of course, working with the Warriors and UPB. Um, so no, now, I'm, you know, I have a desk and everything like that, just more on the back end stuff. So, I mean, I'm still getting acclimated, right? We're just in preseason now. Um, but for me, like today, um, I would come in, um, you know, check my emails, basically, because I'm facilitating a lot of things that's happening for the women's basketball team, the liaison for Coach Paul Thomas, our head coach. So just being able to, do, you know, be readily available and do those administrative tasks whenever it was needed. Um, so I think those are the main things that I have to take care of. Um, but of course, once we get into season um, and conference play, that's when we kind of start traveling a little bit more. So, I mean, it's important for me to, you know, book that travel, um, the flights, the meals, things like that. So, I mean, people just think, okay, yeah, they have food, but there's people that actually, you know, take care of those things to where you don't have to worry about it. So that's kind of me, um, basically the mom of the team, I'd say that I am, you know, just making sure everything's good and the girls are okay. And, um, you know, as long as the coaches are okay as well. Um, so I think that's my main task right now. And then of course, like during practice, we have a three hour practices. Um, I mean, just taking notes there and like still being open-minded to how, you know, getting those easy details of like, okay, this is what coach is thinking and that's how the girls are going to apply it just you know being a learner of the game I think is, is something that I take pride in as well so being able to watch on the sidelines getting to practice sometimes um, so I practiced today that was fun and then of course providing meals for the girls after the game and practice um, is kind of what I do right now it may change during like when games start so our first game is November 7th but I mean all of that including film and things like that is basically what I do very fun job <laughs> yeah yeah and I was gonna say it, it it makes it that much better when you get to lace them up because they're like right? hey hey key we need someone we need another body and you're like your shoes are already tied up you're like oh okay yeah sure I guess <laughs> um, yeah and then I have to shoot a three-pointer like yesterday I just shoot a three-pointer just jumping in back hit the backboard like dang <laughs> I was gonna say like it's, it's crazy because when I when I stepped away from the game and then like I had to jump on for something in practice I remember what it was I was like damn am I that bad now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so I mean just you know being able to do that fun stuff and just play with the girls getting to know the girls um so a lot of them are from the bay too so I know them so it's pretty cool um just being able to see them play and then getting to know the coaches along with mm. the St. Mary's community I think because I mean I run to school around here so I mean, it's just great coming back and just you know giving back my time again to yeah the place I grew up in yeah literally like you're almost your backyard because even you said like you went to went to school like near Orinda and I was just like I used to live in uh up in that area so I remember one day I was just randomly passing by and I saw St. Mary's um and I was like oh damn I didn't know it was right here yeah it's literally in the cuts but I mean like Miramani's here and then St. Mary's so like a lot of people that go to Miramani go to St. Mary's I unfortunately wasn't one of them but I mean it's great coming back and 
getting to work for the team and then, you know, get my master's here too. Yeah, absolutely. And do you ever, and share as much as you want to, do you feel like you're ever going to get that itch to go in and coach? Cause I know you worked in, in development, so mm-hmm. it's not the same. Right. Um, but do you ever feel kind of like that itch to, okay, like I'm around, you know, these players, maybe in time I'll get to a point where, you know, maybe I want to help coach or things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever kind of feel that pull at all? Or you just like, no, nah, I think I'm good. Yeah. So for me, like my dad was my coach, literally like growing up, up until college, he still coaches high school. Um, so I've always said like in college, okay, coaching is for my dad. Like I even told my, like my coaches that like, of course I'm a great leader and I can talk, but like coaching is my thing. That's my dad's thing. And then when I kind of started going into player development, I kind of saw how there's a difference with training and coaching. So I think mm-hmm. for me, it's more on the training side that I'd probably be more interested in. But I think for me, like I'm super interested in the marketing aspect, digital aspect mm-hmm. and like public relations and things like that. So um, that's where kind of I'm able to do both. So, I mean, I'm able to work for the team and then also go back to school and try and, you know, get that higher level of education to be more qualified to, you know, continue to work in sports you know, be the director of operations of the NBA, WNBA, you know, I have all those dreams, but I think it's just like they're stepping stones. And I think just my time right now is working for the basketball team and just getting my all here and just absorbing it like a sponge and just seeing how things work. Yeah, absolutely. It, enjoying the moment, you know, where you are, right? I think um, yeah. even like you said, like there's, I don't want to say everyone, but, you know, just people wanting to skip steps and not pay their dues like it's mm-hmm. the curtain always gets pulled back so in time yeah. like you said you're taking the time absorbing it and not worrying about where you're going next um still having like aspirations and dreams but mm-hmm. i think that's different than looking for the next opportunity exactly. and for you to be where you are and saying cool let me take notes like little things that you're already doing that you've done since utah valley you know they're yeah. starting to, to pay off and pay dividends and they will continue to pay dividends so mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be surprised if i see you director operations WNBA <laughs> probably right around the corner but uh I'm just saying the way you're going is probably gonna happen sooner than we both expected so um so I think just last... like yeah with with that like I mean basketball there's an effort to you know get a scholarship it's the same way you got to put in the work and things like that so like all of this is all worked for and you know it just there are stepping stones like you said absolutely one one last question before I uh get people to to be able to find you so you can give out your socials and everything. If you could go back, I'll say five years, what advice would you give yourself and what would it be? Yeah, if I think, if I were to think back five years from now, I'd definitely tell myself um, and other people that are listening to, you know, just stay true to yourself and believe in yourself. Um, I think because I mean, a lot of things that you go through life, um, it kind of you know, sometimes it knocks you down, but I think just having the confidence to get back up and stay true to yourself and just being confident with yourself will take you a long way, right? Like you can take the funk sometimes. Like I'm not always confident, but just having your health, your head held high and just doing everything with confidence. And I mean, there's no question. Oh yeah. Like Keon and Xavier, they're, they're pretty confident in what they do. I mean, there's a lot of things that they don't know that's happening in the back of their mind, our mind. But I mean, if you do it with confidence, stay true to yourself. I mean, that'll take you a long way. Absolutely. And you know what? I can't, there's nothing else for me to follow that up with. Uh, <laughs> Kiana, if people want to reach out, find you, have a conversation with you, uh, where can they find you? And I'll make sure I link that in the description too. 
Yeah, I mean, you reached out to me through LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn when I find the time to. Um, Kiana Janelle De Los Santos is where you can find me on LinkedIn. And if, I mean, my personal for Instagram is at Kiana Janelle, but I mean, don't really post on there. Um, but I mean, for definitely, if you wanted to reach out to me, I think LinkedIn would be the best way. Got you. I'll make sure I put the LinkedIn in there. Um, just because she said it's more active. If you get the the personal IG, you know, by all means, but I'll make sure people are able to to find you and make sure they're able to reach out to you. But I just want to say one, I appreciate you. I know we were playing ping pong for a little bit, uh, trying to get this recording. So I uh, appreciate the time. And yeah, like I said, I think it was a lot of gems in there that I definitely want to clip out and uh, make sure they everyone listening can take some value from it. Thank you for listening to the Basketball and Barbells podcast. I really hope you all got major value from today's episode. Please leave a rating and review of the show and don't forget to tune into the next episode.